You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Lord, encourage us tonight and strengthen us, please. Uh, for Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Because I am saved. You see, the life of a, new, of a believer is not in order to be saved. It is not uh, in order to, to uh, stay saved. Uh, the life of the believer after you are saved, it's because I am saved. Uh, because I am saved, uh, there's a difference. First, uh, First Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. First uh, Corinthians 6.11, And such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified uh, by the name, in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You see, uh, sanctification is not a work of the believer. Sanctification is a work of the Spirit of God. We got saved because of what the Lord Jesus has done for us, but by the Spirit of God working in the life of the believer, He brings about a, a, a life that is sanctified. And that word sanctified means set apart for God's glory. So tonight we're not really going to go anywhere. I'm not going to teach you anything that you don't already know. We're just going to take a little bit of a drive and we're going to point out some things that we already know and hopefully it will it will be a good reminder hopefully it will be bring some some wonderful memories you know when you take a drive with your family and you look at some things and and everybody gets to enjoy oh look at that over there oh do you remember that over there and that's really where I want to go tonight as a church family I just want to start looking back at some things in our in our own walk in our own service to help us realize because I'm saved, uh, I've got this wonderful opportunity to serve our God. And so, uh, so because I'm saved. Now, because I'm saved, number one, I'm going to love God. Because I'm saved, I'm going to love God. You know, uh, when I was in school, I remember one of our teachers, they had this uh, plaque up on the wall. It was a quote, and it said, love, and it was a picture of a faucet. And, it's, and it said, love is not a faucet that you can turn off and on. And I remember as a seventh grader thinking, wow, that's so deep. That's a great statement, but it's not true. You see, love is not just an emotion, love is a choice. You see, if I couldn't turn it off and on when the Lord said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, then I am just a victim to my own emotions and I can't do anything about it. So the Lord doesn't command us to do something that we cannot do. You and I control what we love. We control who we love. Now think that one through for a second. It's a choice. Have you ever had somebody that you say, well, I love them, I just don't like them? But that's not good enough. God wants us to love. You know what? My love for God is not based on just my feelings. My love for God 
is a result of a conscious decision. You see, because I am saved, I'm going to love God. You know why? Because He tells me to. Now, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound so enticing. If, if Mrs. Brown and I were talking and she said, Carrie, why do you love me? Because God told me to. Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives. <laughs> now, I could do that, she would not feel too loved. And I would, I would not have a real close relationship at that moment. You see, though God does say for me to love my wife, it's a command. And the command is not just for me to love her, the command is for me to love God. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first and great commandment. What do we find? We find that, uh, that there is love that we are supposed to have. So at, because I'm saved, I am going to love God. Let me ask you a question tonight. How's your love for God doing? You say, well, I'm in church. That's not what I asked you. You can be around people that, and the love not really be where it needs to be. So, so here, the choice, because I'm saved, I'm going to love God. It's a decision. I'm going to love God. He has showed mercy on me. He has been gracious to me. He has forgiven me. Uh, he has saved me. He has blessed me. Uh, he, has, he has been so good to me. Uh, and with that, I'm going to love God. I am going to love the Lord. I'm going to love God. Why? Because I'm saved. I'm going to love God. And how is our love for the Lord doing right now? You see, when it comes to relationships, relationships, we feel that we are loved or feel that we love based on how close that relationship is at any given point. And let me tell you, sometimes we can veer, can't we? We can be right where we're supposed to be and not really have the love that we're supposed to have. But if the first and great commandment is to love the Lord because I'm saved, I'm going to make sure that I do love the Lord. I want to make sure that I am purposeful about making sure that my heart is drawn to the Savior. You know, we can't, if we are looking at everything else in the world and our mind has been enamored with everything out in the world and the sinfulness of this world, we can say we love God. But Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You see, the love that we have is going to impact and affect our actions. And so if we say something and we are doing something different, then what we are saying is not true. So 
So here, when we, because I'm saved, because uh, the, the Lord has been so good to me and saved me, because I'm saved, I'm going to love the Lord. I'm going to love God. It's a choice to love God. And you know what? If you and I are going to love God, it's going to be on purpose. If we are going to show God that we love Him, it is going to be on purpose. There are decisions that we are going to make that will lead us to Him, uh, just like there could be decisions that we make that would lead us away from from him. Uh, and, you know, with that, our love for the Lord, because I'm saved, I'm going to love the Lord. Because I'm saved, number two, I'm going to love what God loves. I'm going to love what God loves. Now, back again, this is a conscious decision. This is a decision that we decide, we determine what is going, that we're going to do. Now, the emotion part does not come first. The emotion part follows. It's like somebody that says, well, pastor, I'll be a witness when the Lord gives me a heart for the lost. No, when do you get a heart for the lost? Is it before you go or is it after you go? It's after you go. Uh, the, 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 the heart, uh, the giving, uh, when the Lord says, he, sa he says, uh, well, pa pastor, I'll, I'll, I'll give to the, the church, uh, or I'll give, to the, I'll give the offerings, uh, when, when I love the church the way I'm supposed to love the church, then I'll give. Uh, no, it's not that way. You see, the obedience is first. Uh, the Lord said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What happens is our treasure goes first, then we follow with that. And so the emotion, even when it comes to our love, it is tied uh, to, to the, the obedience. So I'm going to love what God loves. So what does the Lord love? Uh, the Lord loves his church. I'm going to love what the Lord loves. I'm going to love his church. Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives, uh, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. The Lord loved the church so much that he gave himself for it. Ephesians 20.28, he said, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. So the Lord here loves the church so much that he purchased it with his blood and so with that then if i am going to i am going to love the because i am saved i am going to love the lord because i am saved i am going to love the things that the lord loves you see christ loves the church you know the christian ought to love their church you ought to love your church you ought to love the place that God has placed you. Uh, not somebody else's church, uh, but their church. Not saying that you can't have a love for different places of ministry, but what I'm saying is you ought to have a love uh, for your church. Now, there is no perfect church. And if there is a perfect church, when you join it, then it will no longer be a perfect church. There is no perfect church, there is no perfect pastor, there is no perfect staff, there is no perfect family. And with that, that means that there's a choice. How many of you have family that aren't always that lovable? Now, now with that, it's true. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to spend a whole lot of time with them. But the reality is, 
that there is a relationship that's there. And you know, the church is, is not just, it's not a building. It's not that we love these beings. It's not that we love the carpet, we love these chairs. No, uh, the, the church is the assembly of believers. It is the body of believers. And if we are going to, because I'm saved, I'm going to love the Lord. Because I'm saved, I'm going to love the things that the Lord loves. I'm going to love the church uh, because the Lord loves the church. Uh, Christ loves the church and the Christian should love the church. Uh, and not only should we love the church, uh, we should follow the example uh, of that the Lord has set, uh, that we are to be added to the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 18, but now hath God set the members, uh, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. Uh, the Lord wants people to be a part of this institution that he started. And where God assembles us and where the Lord adds us, that's the place where we are supposed to love. We're supposed to love the church. Hebrews uh, 10, 25, uh, we see that we are to assemble with the church. We're to be added to the church in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 18. We are to assemble with the church. Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. You know, uh, one thing COVID has done, COVID has removed people from assembling. People who were Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday school, soul winning. Now they're hit and miss Sunday morning. Don't come Sunday night. And it doesn't mean that everybody that's out on a Sunday night, some people are working, I understand that. But there's a change. The Bible didn't say, and so much the less as you see the day approaching. He said, so much the more. You see, as the day of the Lord's return draws closer, the assembly of the believer should grow more often. You know why? Because we need each other. We need each other. The people that have withdrawn purposely from the church, you can see it in their countenance. All you got to do is talk to them. They are not the same person. You know why? Because now their heart has been disconnected. The things are not the same. Now, I'm not saying that, has that is the exact same for everybody. There are people because of their work schedules. There are people that things of health issues have come into life. But for the most part, when, when it comes to, as a believer... Uh, the assembly of the believer, we are to be assembling more and more, not less and less. I'm looking forward to Sunday school. Oh, pastor, if we are in Sunday school, that's, man, that's another hour. What's happened? Before, we were looking forward to Sunday school. Right? Don't get quiet on me. You see, and so much the more. Not so much the less. 
And we are comfortable in backing up, and we are hesitant on moving forward, and we haven't increased anything yet. We're not even back to ground zero. We're not even back to where we were pre-COVID. But what's happened? Our minds have shifted. Our priorities have shifted. We have now filled our time with something else. Sunday, Sunday morning, now, it's like, wow, 11 a.m., sweet. All this time in the morning. Sunday evening. And what do we find, though? We have filled our life with different things. People that used to go soul winning and canvassing and working bus routes on Saturday, now that's grocery shopping time. Now that's hobby time. Now, is there anything sinful about shopping? Well, maybe. I hate shopping. No. But what is it? We have, we have filled our life with things that have now taken place of service for the Lord. And we're comfortable with it. You know what? I don't have to do any of those things. You don't have to do any of those things. But because I'm saved, I want to. I want to. Because I'm saved, I want to serve the Savior. Because I'm saved, uh, I want to be added to the church. Because I'm saved, I want to assemble with the church. Because I'm saved, I want to actively serve uh, in the church. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans chapter 9, what do we find? The Lord gave spiritual gifts to every believer. Why? So we could go around and boast about our gifts? No. He gave us gifts so we could serve. They were to be used for his honor and glory. They were not given to us so we could just enjoy the blessings. No, he, he gave them to us so now we could use them for his kingdom, for his cause, for his purposes. So as a believer, we need to be actively serving uh, in the church. He gave the illustration of the body in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 18. It says, for as the body is one and hath many members and all all the members are that of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, uh, and have been made all to drink into that one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, am I not of the body? Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. And the Lord has gifted you. And the Lord has gifted me. And he has gifted us collectively, corporately, to serve together to accomplish his plan in this area. He wants us to be serving 
Him. So there is that active service. We are to be actively, not just serving, we are to actively support the church and the ministries. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, 16 to, upon the first day of the week, let, let every one of you lay by him in store, uh, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. You see, just the, the giving, the, the, the assembly of the offerings, and, and God's people giving to meet the needs, uh, that's just part of, part of God's plan. And with that, because I'm saved, I'm going to do that. Why? Because that's what God has given to us in his word as a guide on how we ought to live. So I, because I'm saved, uh, I am going to love what the Lord loves. I'm going to love the church. Uh, because I am saved, I'm going to love what the Lord loves. I'm going to love his people. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 10 as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Uh, we are to, to love God's people. Now, when we start looking through the scriptures, and the Bible talks about, I will make you a peculiar people, we find that statement in Exodus. And then we find it again used in the New Testament. But that word peculiar does not mean weird, though that sometimes applies. People have said over the years, the gospel light attracts strange bugs. And sometimes as people are drawn to the gospel light, there might be some people that are a little bit different. But as a believer... We're to, we're to love everybody that the Lord draws across our path. But here, he said that we are to love his people. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he said, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Now, that word peculiar does not mean weird. That word peculiar, it means an object of acquisition. It means a purchased possession. And God, when he says that you are a peculiar people, the Lord looked down at the nation of Israel and said, I have selected you as an acquired possession. You are mine. I have set you aside for a possession. I've always heard the word peculiar uh, as though we are to be a different people from the world. And that's what I, I heard it. That's what I uh, believe until I opened up and started studying those words out myself and found out it had nothing to do with just being different from this world. The Lord isn't looking for us just to be weird. He's not just looking for us to be a step away from the sinful world. The Lord said, you are a peculiar people. You are a purchased acquisition. You are an acquired uh, possession that I have purchased. And it means gaining, possessing, obtaining property. 
and it's, it's tied to it. And he said, you are a peculiar people. You are a people that I have purchased. You know what? The Lord has purchased us with his blood. And it's not just the nation of Israel uh, that were to be the peculiar people. We find that in the New Testament as well. First Peter and Titus, uh, we see that word. But the New Testament, uh, Israel in the Old Testament, was the Hebrew people that was the peculiar. In the New Testament, it is the redeemed. Uh, the grafted in, Romans eleven seventeen, And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, Ephesians 2, 11 to 13, Wherefore remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants and promise, but having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. And you know what? Uh, you and I as Gentiles, we have been grafted in. You know what? We're a part of that, uh, that natural olive tree. We have, as a wild olive branch, have been grafted in to the natural olive branch, uh, olive tree. You know what that means? We get to partake of all the blessings that Christ has offered, not just to Israel, but to us as well. And, and you and I are the recipients of that. We are a peculiar people. We are a purchased or an acquired, an acquisition that the Lord has gained. We are to love uh, what the Lord loves. We are to love His church. We are to love His people. We are to love His plan. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, ye are not your own. Therefore glorify, for you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Uh, he has a plan for our life. And I should love that plan. Now, does it mean that we like it all? No. How many of you as a teenager loved every rule that mom and dad had? No. Yeah, Brother Trevor. <laughs> uh, no, that's definitely not the reality. And there are things that the Lord places that we might not like. I mean, I remember when I heard that I needed to get a, have a short haircut. Man, back... Back in that time, short hair was not in. Now, short hair's in. You tell people to have short hair, it's like, yeah, whatever, everybody has short hair. But back then, it was long hair. And I've got curly hair. Now, my hair could never get long, long, because it just curled up in ringlets. It was cute. But no, my hair it was down up over my shoulder. I remember, I remember when I, when Brother Chadwick, my first pastor, He's the one that took me to get my hair cut. It's like, it didn't matter what he preached on. The Lord kept saying, you need to get a haircut, you need to get a haircut, you need to get a haircut. And I remember when I went to get that haircut, I'm sitting in that chair. The barber says, okay, how do you want it cut? 
And I look over at Brother Chad, and he said, tapered in the back, off the ears, and he's just barking out all this stuff. I had no idea what was going on until I saw that hair just fall off. <laughs> and I remember looking at my ears thinking, oh no, I can fly. I felt like Dumbo. Now, I've got little tiny ears, but back then I felt like, man, those things were huge. I, I had never, never seen them. Uh, nobody else has ever seen them, and all of a sudden they just felt like they're sticking out like, like wings or something. But, but, you know, there are things that I, I would hear talking about music. All of a sudden the Holy Spirit started putting his finger on things in my life. And I didn't like it, but as I yielded, what I found was just there was blessing. There was a peace that came from obeying the Lord. And you know, as we are following his plan, uh, there are things that we need to do. Not because we have to do it. We do it. Why? Because I'm saved. It's not because the church says, because the pastor thinks. It's because I'm saved. I'm going to live a way that the, the Lord would want me to live. Uh, because I'm saved, I'm going to love the Lord. Because I'm saved, I'm going to love what the Lord loves. Uh, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. There, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Uh, this morning was I preached on uh, on being a witness for the Lord. Uh, the reality is that that we need to love what the Lord loves. Uh, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Uh, we need to be engaged in the things that the Lord has left us here to do. Why? Because that's what the Lord cares about. And because the Lord cares about it, we should care about it. Because I'm saved, I'm going to love the Lord. Because I am saved, I'm going to love what because I'm saved, I'm going to love God. Because I'm saved, I'm going to love what God loves, his church, his people, his plan. And because I'm saved, I'm going to love the people that God loves. Now, that's a bunch of people. For God to love the world that he gave his only begotten son. You see, God loves that person that you despise. That person that brings anxiousness. That person that brings anxiety and anger. The person that we look at maybe with disgust. God loves that person. And because I love God, because I'm saved, I should love people. I should love the people that the Lord loves. You know, as a Christian, two great hallmarks of Christianity is love and forgiveness. But you can't have forgiveness without love. Is there somebody that as soon as I said 
I'm going to love the people that the Lord loves, the people that we dislike, people that maybe we hate. Whose, fa- whose name came to your face or to your mind? Some say, Pastor, man, there's nobody. Praise the Lord. But if you've lived much time at all, there was somebody's name, there was somebody's face that came to the forefront of your mind. He said, Pastor, why, why are you bringing this up? Because we can't help people without loving people. How can we represent a loving God when we are not loving? You know, God loves the person that curses his name. God loves the individuals that are evil. And that's hard to grab a hold of. But the reality is, if I am going to be Christ-like, and that's what a Christian means. Christian doesn't mean I'm saved. Though we have shortened it to that. I'm saved, I'm a Christian. No, the word Christian means Christ-like. And there are a lot of people who are saved, but are not Christ-like. Christ is loving, Christ is forgiving. And because I'm saved, I need to love the people that Christ loves. God loves the person that you despise or hate or envy, are jealous of, who brings anger, who there is venom that is right there at the forefront the person that brings irritation and disgust, maybe a person that is homeless that we drive by and we see their signs and we have all the reasons of why they are in that position. And we don't know any of them. It's all assumed. Some of them are in that position because of bad choices. Many are. But the reality is, no matter why they are where they're at, God loves them. God loves that addict. God loves that person that is poor, that is without. Proverbs 4.23, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Maybe that person that we don't love has let us down, they've hurt us. They have, we have all been disappointed. We have all been disillusioned or discouraged. There are people that have disappointed all of us. I have disappointed people, and I have been disappointed by people. You have disappointed people, and you have been disappointed by people. But the reality is, my response should not be based on them. My response, because I am saved, I'm going to respond how he would want me to respond. Now, like I said, we're just taking a walk. 
We're just pointing out a few things. But the whole purpose is to sort of just put things back into a little bit of perspective. As believers, what we do isn't because we are made to do any of it. Our service for the Lord ought to be just out of a heart of gratitude and love and thankfulness. Our care for those that are around us ought to be because we're saved and the Lord paid the price of salvation for the entire world and He wants me to share the good news of the gospel with them because I'm saved. I'm just going to, I should just do that. You see, all of us have opportunities. You know, man might, may fail us, but the Lord never will. He never has. People will get discouraged maybe and they think, okay, that pastor, he let me down and they, they leave church and, and, and I'm sorry about that when that happens and I'm sure it happens a lot. But the reality is man will fail. But the Lord never does. And when we walk away, or we walk, we walk away from the one who has never failed us. Luke chapter 10, verses 20, 28 to 37, we have the, the example here of the, the Good Samaritan. And the Good Samaritan uh, was, was one who was reaching out to other people. Uh, he, was, he was meeting the needs of somebody else, somebody that probably despised him. Yet, he still responded in the right manner. So, because I'm saved, I'm going to love God. Because I'm saved, I'm going to love what God loves. Because I'm saved, I'm going to love the people that God loves. Now, if the love of God part is right in our life, our hate for the things that God hates will also be in place. As we draw closer to the Lord in love for Him, we will develop a holy hatred for that which is sinful. Unfortunately, in this whole process of being sanctified, we try to build up all the hate for what's wrong as though that is going to give us the right love for what is right. And it's completely backwards. The sanctification, but such were some of you, but you are washed, but you are justified, but you are sanctified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Uh, it is the work of the Spirit of God that makes us into who we are supposed to be. It's not that we are trying to accomplish all of these works to somehow make ourselves into a proper vessel. It is that we allow the Spirit of God as we are loving God and we are loving the, peop the things that lo God loves and we're loving the people that God loves. What we'll find is all that other stuff will take care of itself. So, because I'm saved. Say, Pastor, why do you do that? Because I'm saved. Pastor, why do you not do that? Because I'm saved. Because I'm saved. Sometimes somebody will say something. Pastor, you see that movie? No, I'm saved. 
And it could be a perfectly fine movie, but I just joke about that uh, as, as that, that barrier. Now, there are a lot of movies that I have not seen. You say, oh, pastor, these are good movies. Well, because I'm saved, I've just stepped away from some things that I feel like the Lord m- might not like. And there are a lot of movies that you can watch that would not be a sinful thing. But there are some that I could probably watch and that'd be okay. But for me, because I'm saved, I've just, some of that stuff I've just sort of put behind me. I grew up on TV. It was always playing. My mom, even today, that TV never shuts off. It is plain 24-7. It's noise in the house, maybe that's what it is, but it's, it's always going. And, you know, with that, I can get sucked into TV. It just, and forget everything else that's going on. Now, does it mean that everything is sinful that's on? No. But for me, I've got to, I've got to guard that in my life because it will, it will suck me back in. Because I'm saved, there's choices of things that I choose to engage in. And because I'm saved, there's things that I've chosen to not engage in. So here as we take this look tonight at these three things on loving God and loving the things that God loves and loving the people that God loves, If we just get the love side right, everything else will fall into place. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness. And Lord, for the attentiveness of your people. And Lord, I know it's warm in here tonight. But Lord, I do thank you that we have the opportunity to be able to gather and to preach and teach your word. And and just help us this evening. Help us to grow. May we love you a little bit more because uh, we are looking at you. We are focusing on you. May we love you more tonight. May we love the things that you love more tonight. May we be purposeful in choosing to love the things and then to to love the people. Lord, you have left us down here to be light to this old, old world. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to love the people the way you love them. You said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one toward another. And so help us, Lord, to love each other. Help us to love this world. So work in our lives, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as the instruments play. May the Lord put something on your life, in your mind. Maybe he put his finger on something. Maybe the love for the Lord is not where it ought to be. Maybe, maybe your love for his purposes and his plan and his, his uh, uh, plan for our life. Maybe the, uh, we haven't loved him the way we need to love him. Maybe the people... Maybe the Lord put somebody's name in your mind. Maybe we need to work on that area of love. You're here tonight, you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. Let me encourage you to come. But how about it, child of God? How's our love? Because I'm saved. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. 
That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.